Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm just doing well, doing fine. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Hello, hello, everyone. Listeners, listeners, how are you? Thank you for listening in to the International Shells Show. I am your lovely host, International Shells, and today we have a very special guest. This man is a jack of all trades, if you ask me. Uh, He's a very well-versed individual, I think very well-rounded, and most importantly, I think he comes from a familiar place where people can identify with his day-to-day and identify with the neighborhood he comes from and also identify with the country he comes from. So it was very important that I spoke to someone like this because I think that he can speak to a mass of people that can relate and I think his voice is very powerful. So it's my great pleasure to introduce to everyone Chris Thomas, aka Chris Thomas, the CEO. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Wow. What an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm feeling like just running for president. What do you think? Hey, I, hey, we just might need you. We just might need you, brother. <laughs> you said we need help. <laughs> we need lots of help. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather answer to a, a German shepherd these days than who we really have in the office. Wow. No, that's serious. <laughs> that's the truth. That's the truth. This will be do when you need them. Oh, bless. <laughs> hey, you know, so what, what's going on? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I'm just out here trying to reach these people and, you know, reach yeah. out to as many people who I think are influential and as many people as I think that, you know, people should be able to hear their views on things because I respect your perspective. I, I respect where you came from and what you made out of yourself. So I need people to know that no matter what your situation is, trust and believe that you can flip it around and you can make something magical happen and you can make something awesome out of yourself. So you're one of those individuals that I admire a lot. So I let's just you. Oh, as, no they say, as they say, each one, teach one. Yes, God, you better tell right. them. Tell you know, and, and and that's that that that's the motto I will I believe that we all should try to cling on so to say if we can help each other, no matter how it is. No matter don't you know, everyone may think that they might not be in a certain position to reach the masses, but I love what you're doing, right? Is a step where you know your voice that you have presented so far is something or what we may talk about or your guest that comes on your show it may spark somebody's way of thinking or or even support maybe a belief that they have or even, even disagreement it gives our thought you know a little room for for thought give the brain room for thought right Exactly. And just take people out of a certain bubble that they may be forced to be in because there's a lot more going on than the fun entertainment stuff or the things that are just taking people away from real life. But we've been so removed from real life, I feel, is that we don't know what real life is anymore because we're so busy with the things that don't mean anything. So we're, we're busy with what they force us to to concentrate on. So we get distracted. You're exactly right. And the problem that I have is with the they's because the they's who are trying to distract us, they don't do that when it comes to their own people and their own communities. They focus when it comes to them. Exactly. Exactly. So as it is said, you know, 
it's the whole thing about freeing your mind, you know, emancipating yourself from mental slavery. Yes, God, Bob, we're calling you, Bob, we're calling you, we're calling you. It's very necessary. Okay. Knowing that none, this is the important part, none but ourselves can free our minds. Yes, yes, yes. Get out of this cloud that you're in and focus because I think... uh, I think the the model of the black family, the model of the family structure that's going to help you get through your life has been lost. It's been lost. And I come from a place where, I mean, we both know, I mean, your your family's from Jamaica. You come from a Jamaican upbringing. I'm Trinidadian. My family is. I was raised that way. And we come from a different kind of place where there are certain things that were just unwritten rules. You know what I mean? Certain things with your structure as a family, with how you deal with your family, how you deal with people on the outside. Because when you leave your home, however you deal with people is how you represent your your family with whoever raised you. That has been lost in translation. People come here you know, to this country to try to find a different way for their family or what have you. But it's like, I think once you send the young ones out there, they're getting influenced by all the wrong things. And then whatever model you set for them is getting lost. You see, what happened is that in the islands, the burden of representing your entire family was on you when you was to go into public. Sometimes even if you disbehaved in public or conduct yourself a certain way, they would connect it to how you was brought up. Mm-hmm. But here, they take away that from you. As a matter of fact, you're, you know, it's just based on what the laws dictate here. Mm-hmm. And the laws is sometimes is, is often not in your favor. Exactly. exactly. So what happens is that we end up getting different value system when you're here. You know, and all of us, we use it, I would think, to our benefit now and then. You know, even when we talk about the kids in terms of they manipulating how we raise our kids. But mm-hmm. then, if we have a situation now where we want to benefit us, we still get the cops or the, or the system involved when it never needed to get that far, when we could have exactly. dealt with it in a manner where how we was brought up, you know what I'm saying? From, from back home. Yeah, it's just a sad thing. It's a sad thing just to know and to have to actually verbalize it out loud to say, you know what? Wow, our family structure is lost. And I mean, you can you can get angry over it, but what are you going to do about it? We can get angry and say, okay, it's lost now, but what are we going to do to fix it? Because you know what? People are going to keep on reproducing. The people are going to keep on coming. The people are going to be here. So what are we going to do? Just throw our hands up and just let our particular foundation just dwindle into the wind because when you look at other uh, backgrounds and what have you, uh, classes or whatever, however you want to look at it, they don't, when it comes to the structure, their foundation, they don't alter that for anything. For anything. For anything. They don't waver. They don't bend. Nothing. They will not allow anyone to come and intervene or infiltrate their structure. That's the right. one thing that's the same. But with us, for some reason, we're just throwing our hands up. You just said something very, very important when you said, now the law has to intervene. When have you ever heard back in the days that someone couldn't control their child right. or their yeah. house and they called the cops to get order? That's right. some new age stuff. Right, right. I, called, I, I remember calling the cops. Um, the cops were called in rather mm-hmm. um, just to defuse a situation with one of my, uh, myself and my eldest son. 
Mm-hmm. And all I wanted was for the officers to just tell him, take a walk around the block. <laughs> then to cool off, you know? Let the steam up. Because they're young. And um, mm-hmm. especially when they're reaching that age that they're thinking that they're possibly, they're, they're, they're taller mm-hmm. than mommy and daddy. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, 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 they take chances. And then, then you have to regulate to let them know that you're still in charge in, in your home you know and even if the law or someone of authority was to come by we'd like them to just you know take a walk calm down you know steam down a little bit but instead the cops were there telling my child the whole time about his rights Mm, of mm. what you know and telling me reprimanding me in front of my child Mm. that I cannot tell him to leave my home I cannot tell him, and you know, and you know, depending on who your child is at that point, they will make a decision on what to do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, as you said, bringing it back there, we get these people involved that are of different cultures, by the way, different mm. opinions. They have in their own rule of how they would grow their child. Yes. And then we call them in in our homes. To try to to to, to create or, or supposedly create peace, you know, or promote peace, but they have different value system, different value structure. Structure. So what That's happens exactly is that it becomes it becomes worse, it becomes chaotic. And it's so funny that you're bringing this up because I just had uh, a conversation with my brother Francisco Gonzalez, and we were talking on this briefly. And I was saying, when the police come in, they give these children this kind of power. It's like you're giving them the infinity gauntlet to wear. So mm-hmm. once the police, now the cops are going to come, they're going to say what they're saying. They're giving the this this child all of this authority over their parent. They're reprimanding the parent in the home. Then they're going to leave. When the cops leave, the kid is looking at you like, all I, oh, listen, all you got to do is look at me the wrong way and I'm calling them back here for you. Yes. So at the end of the day, the roles are, what, what, what are the roles? What's the structure? So at this point, the kid is running the home. So you're the boss, but I still have to pay to feed you. You're the boss, the roof over your head. So so we look at the powers that, 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 that the people who are of power and ask, uh-huh. what are we doing exactly? Because first of all, we know, for example, we're from the New York area. We know it's the most diverse state than any other state. Am I correct? City, yeah. In terms of culture, am I correct? Yes, melting That's pot. Yes, sir. Okay, then. So, therefore, if you have a set of different, different culture, don't you think the cops should even be getting classes in terms as it pertains to the different, different culture that when they go into a community that they're going to have to come across their no. type of lifestyle? Chris, I'll give it, I'll take it a step further. I think whoever is in that area should have police that understand where they're coming from. I think the whoever lives in the neighborhood should be policing their own area. That That's way right. you understand, you understand the culture. For instance, in an area, let's just say like Flatbush, let's say Brooklyn. Why is it that you have white cops from Long Island who in some of their right. cases have never even been around a black person? Why mm. do you have policing an area like Flatbush that is heavily Caribbean, heavily black. Now you see some of the starting to get gentrified. Yeah. For instance, I'll give you one even worse. It's funny that, you know what? Let's get on into our next segment because this right here is going to come into actually how I actually know you. 
So you know what? Let's take a short break, Chris, and we're going to start off fresh, and we're going to have some real talk. Is that all right with great. you? No all right. All righty. Yes, sir, Mr. Thomas. We're back. We're back. You know who this is. I'm sorry? I said, you know who this is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, uh, in the last segment, you actually were going into an area where it actually reminded me of how I initially met you. Now, I remember, you can correct me if, uh, if I'm wrong, I remember us first speaking with each other after you had an altercation with the police. Yes. Now, we knew each other through party promotions and stuff, because I would see you post your stuff for parties or whatever in passing. However it was, I ended up seeing what you endured with the police and just me being who I am. I chimed in and we had a very, very potent conversation in reference to how you were dealt with by the police. There was a misunderstanding and they didn't even admit to the misunderstanding that transpired, but the way that you were treated was the main, the meat and potatoes of the conversation was how you were treated and it wasn't even your fault. Mm-hmm. So if, do you remember the, that conversation that we had? Yes. I mean, uh, as you said, that's how we, we, we that's how right. we, we came about knowing each right. other. I don't want to mention exactly what happened. All I, the whole point in the matter is how you were dealt with by the police and what the outcome was. So, I mean, you don't have to say exactly what happened, but you can paraphrase, but do you mind telling everyone how that situation went and what happened? Meaning how you felt. Over the years, when I'm asked about even situations, like a particular police situation, it has happened so many times now that I know how to just summarize all of them under one umbrella. This is what happens. You get accosted by the cops, they conduct themselves in an intimidating, judgmental manner. You react to it. And we have, listening. when you react to it, that is the, 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 the reaction from another adult, another sane adult to other so presumably sane adults as well. But when you react to it, they have an op- opposition that comes off negative and they just want you to accept what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? And that is in yeah. a nutshell how they treat us in general. It's yes. They when say they... something, you try to defend yourself, which is your right. And right. upon defending yourself, they then treat you based on how they feel at the moment. There are right. cases yep. where there might be cases where they like you and they're on, which is very rare. But just for those who say, use words like, well, the cops pulled me over and I never had any problems with the cop. (laughs) You know, for those people who say that. So there are cases where because the cop is in line with what you're doing or saying, you have a good day. But what if the cop is saying something that is contradicting to the other person? Right. right, it is believed that the cop supersedes 
whatever feelings or your perspective of what goes on right at that moment in that situation and that situation at that moment can become a life or death situation for you that's true because you're presumed guilty before innocent and they deal with you with this overseer mentality as though when you see them you should be afraid why you're a woman like me you're a man like me in your case why should i treat a certain level of authority when in all actuality you work for me you're supposed to be here to protect me i'm not supposed to fear you but they're not getting that you know nope, and, uh, with I, that Chris, the problem that i have they're not being trained with that and the way that you just explained th- that outline of how you're supposed to quote unquote deal with them that's being instilled in them even before they get on the force mm-hmm. yeah a lot of people i believe they go that route and want to become police just to be on that side of the law because of the way that they have been treated as a civilian right. or right. let's just say it was someone i'm a firm believer that a lot of cops were that punk in school that got beat up or you're the person who wasn't really that popular so now that you have this quote-unquote authority you abuse it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have those those who are the career cops they're just be their cops because my uncle and my father and my grandfather were cops so it's something that is just passed on and it Mm -hmm. is believed that you you conduct yourself those for those who are like that they actually believe that everybody else is different from them. And this is it because it's been ingrained in them. And what I was uh, saying to you actually in the previous segment was, I believe that whoever lives in a specific area should have police that mirror them. That way, if you look like me, if you live the way that I lived, you'll understand that certain levels of force is not necessary. You would understand that you need to address people in a certain way. And that's it, you can't take someone who lives in a completely different atmosphere and have them police me or police my situation. They don't understand. Exactly. The the, the situation that we met online in regard when I had that altercation, it all, it actually escalated because when the officer was talking to me, I went into speaking my dialect. Right, right, right. with, With the person that I had the conflict with. And it was interpreted that I am some I'm I, I'm what you call it back talking the cop. Yes. Well, you know what I know you the know, story. Because he, he never understood if he doesn't understand my culture. He didn't he realize went. that I was actually telling the other person, "Let's get out of the road." You understand yes. me? And he felt within himself that um, you know his word is authority, and I shouldn't respond after. And so, I did respond and said, listen, first of all, I'm even older than you are. You know Chris, I mean? before we get off of this particular moment, now, when you said that they couldn't understand your dialect, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the situation because I remember when it transpired and when you were giving me the story, I couldn't believe it. Now, you said it was yourself and it was someone else whose dialect or maybe their uh, maybe their rendition of english wasn't to their understanding so what did they do for the other person tell me please tell the people what happened with the other person well um they did to what happened with that particular situation they they came at me because i was the one who responded to the disrespect when when i went okay the officers came up to us what you know what seemingly like it seems like nothing but it escalated to the physical of it. The officer asked us to tone down the noise, what mm. they call noise. 
because mm-hmm. we were speaking in our dialect, you know, mm-hmm. aggressively at each other. All right. So I would tell the person, listen, in 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 Jamaica, and yo, come with us, come out, come off of the street, yo, cause them brother, yo, them a look some mm-hmm. a look trouble. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. get me? So he says, you know, you all you all need to be locked up. I don't think somebody need to tell me that because you're talking to us and we're walking away from the situation. We're not being arrested. We're, you, you understand me? We did not do, we didn't break any law. So upon him saying that, I then speak to him so he could understand by saying, was that even necessary to go there? You're here. There's not a problem. And this is what you call being a peace officer. And he literally Hello? came out of the car and came up to me and started choking me. Mm. literally so up on me he starts choking me now he's there choking on me and I'm like so you think this is right you're you know this is right and I'm there because you know you don't want to put up your hands to defend it and they say you're doing something so I'm here now now I get loud to draw attention for people in the neighborhood to see what is going on that's your only defense is to shout because if you raise your hand in defense as a man just out of sheer instinct like you're not gonna allow someone to just hit on you oh, but that's if, what, exactly you're allowed to choke you but you can't raise your hands back so it's what are you gonna use only it's my only defense to protect myself at this point to get loud and then when you get loud they follow mm-hmm. up with calm down calm oh, down so why choking. are you telling me to calm down you're choking me then you call uh, for backup by this time now, we got 20 cops. They do a thing called huddling. They mm. huddle you. You're in the center. The neighbors, nobody can see while somebody takes a punch and a kick to your side. Punch you in the stomach. You know what I'm saying? Putting their knees down in your thighs and, and, and while they all saying, calm down, calm down. Now, how do you calm down from a situation like that? How can you be punching someone, slapping them up, and then telling them to calm down? Put these same people in reverse. Would they calm down? When, okay, then. professionals in the army, when shots are being fired, at soldiers in the army in war is the soldiers calm or do they return backfire it's, of course you're going to return the favor okay then so for some reason the police department in our city is telling us to up to operate in the opposite as it uh, as it pertains to aggressiveness hmm. somebody's been aggressive to you by you nature know, you respond what? by the same way you know, this, the way that you are able to articulate exactly what happened to you and what your situation was, what troubles me with this sort of situation is you're a grown man who's able to say what happened to you. What about the young men who are just overgrown and they treat them like men and the same exact situation is happening with them? What happens in that situation? That's when they end up being shot. That's we've got when our young they... men out there. We've got our young men out there. They're 12, or they're maybe, let's just say 14, but they're big. Chris, you know what I'm talking about. These kids yeah. are big. They're big. They look like men, but they're they're technically babies. To me, you're a baby still, you know? And in, in some cases, okay, I'm not going to deny it. In our city, we see it a lot too. We've got a lot of 
you know, kids that are just out there doing their thing, you know, they're very, because of the fact that they probably had a cop come to their house and tell them, hey, your word supersedes your parent, they're going to go out in the street and behave like their word supersedes the police. And that's when we have a problem. So let's just say a situation like that in the street, you got a young man and they come up on a situation like what you endured. The problem that we have is they don't know what their rights are. The problem that we have is they were told in a separate situation, hey, you're the boss here, your word means everything. But then when the rules are reversed or the roles are reversed and the person who is now trying to be the aggressor is not your parent, it's the police. You see, the rules that they set for your parents don't apply to them. I can do whatever. In fact, I told told your parents they can't beat you, right, Chris? But guess what? I can kill you and I can get away with it. How about that? Powerful. Speak back to me. I'll yeah. kill you. Tell your parents what you can do to well, that, them. And what that can happen? Ironically, ironically, that same officer will come and arrest the parent for doing yes. something like that. But they'll do worse. Kid. Yes. Yeah. They'll kill you. They'll kill your kid in the same way you said that they will huddle and mm-hmm. kick you and maybe even break something in the middle of that huddle. Mm-hmm. They can kill your kid and say that they were a threat to them while they were beating on them and whatever i'm not saying all cops but i'm sorry to say it's a vast majority and for every quote-unquote good cop that doesn't say something about a dirty cop you're just the same and that is why i i i make no apologies in saying it but i just don't believe there's something called a good cop i Hmm. have had this argument and this debate a lot of times in my studio uh, when we talk about these social issues and um, and I, I, I take no apologies to it, right? Because I have been in so many situations where it's there's people. a cop, yeah. there's a cop, a bad cop that is doing something wrong to me and there was a cop there trying to calm me down, telling me don't worry about it or just calm down because he's being an asshole. Mm. You know? And mm. it's uh, my opinion you have another step to take like reporting your partner and they don't do that <laughs> or you know literally run in sometimes even even if you watch a tape and i ask of you I, I you know i i i challenge you to go out there even when a cop actually steps in there's always a moment when that cop could have stepped in one moment before the time they actually did you know what you brought up a very valid point chris because what you just said is very important and what we need to also understand is because i've had some very heated discussions about this very issue now i'm a person who has been actually beaten by the cops on surveillance Mm. and my cop made me get a subpoena just to get the video so i can show my lawyer they pull out every trick out of the hat to make sure these guys are or women are protected here's the problem when you do have that one cop that's saying to you, hey, you know, calm down. Meanwhile, you're getting the shit beat out of you. Calm down. That cop is, ofra- is afraid to say something because if they are labeled as the one that tells on their quote unquote brother or their sister, they are then blackballed. They have their own discrimination within the department. Mm-hmm. Because there's a there's a cop from Flatbush right now. There's a documentary on them. There's about 20 of them that are speaking out against rogue cops that are speaking up against these cops that are out here mishandling people and doing things under the table, they are speaking out because they just can't handle it. They see what's happening. 
And you know what happened to them? All of them are being blackballed. They're being denied from promotions. It's messing, you know, in certain cases, they get denied uh, uh, vacation time. So they're looking at it like, am I going to put this civilian ahead of me? Or am I going to think about me and my family or myself? You know, so they look at it like this. But I'm a firm believer and there are a lot of quote unquote good cops that get that get, how can I say, they get not the bad rap, but they get the punishment for the assholes. For instance, this woman, God bless her soul. I don't remember her name. The cop who got killed in her service vehicle on 4th of July last year, just made the one year anniversary. Some coward walked up to her van, the police van that she was in. She was filling out her paperwork in the evening and opened fire on her as she sat in her van in her vehicle. This mother of I forget how many children she has. I'm, I'm going to say maybe four children she has, regardless if she had four children or even a puppy, it doesn't matter. Even if she had a pet rock, this woman was gunned down. And I'm thinking that the mentality of the person who shot her had was, you know what? How many of us have you guys killed? So for every one of us you killed, oh, I got a sitting duck right here. They took this woman's life. And whether she was a good cop or a bad cop, it didn't matter at that point. They killed her. And I think she took punishment for a lot of horrible cops out there she got the beating for it even like the two cops that sat in their in their squad car i want to say two years ago and they were shot right there in their in their vehicle i mean um can i i'm going to hack on and this may this may rattle the cage if you will list to listeners that is out there but i'm hoping i can make my point here I'm going to ask you, are you seriously concerned um, as far as it, um, are you seriously concerned for the well-being of the officers that lost their life the the way they did? You're saying, am I seriously concerned or do I care? Do you? Yes. Yes. Let me, let me push the envelope a bit. Oh, let's just have plain talk here. Yes. For the ones who died, I shrugged it off because at the end of the day, when it was us that was wrongfully killed, they didn't care, Chris. They didn't care. And this, this very topic that we are discussing in this breath right now has been the reason for a lot of uneasy conversations with me. Why? Because I know a lot of police. I know a lot of people on the job right now. And I know they know how they know how I feel. So it makes for uncomfortable situations. It makes for uncomfortable conversations. Do I care about them as a human being? Yes, I care about them as a human being. But unfortunately, the same way we are judged just from our complexion when we're stopped by the cops is the same way I deal with them and I judge them based on their uniform. They care about one another. They care about one another. And if it wasn't for the fact that I had felt punches as a woman from a white male cop, he beat me in a parking lot under surveillance and his only response was i thought i knew her and that was it the runaround that i had to go through in order to fill out a police report against this person was like jumping through fiery hoops yeah because they wanted their very best to run me down and hold me down so i would get tired of trying so i wouldn't make the complaint and all that says is that you are trying to put yourself above what you signed up for as work I want to commend you on something and support something that you're saying and and, and, and kind of had a little more layers to something you just said. And this, 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 this conversation, I can imagine will be reaching masses in time to come. So I'm, I want to say this. 
the individual as human beings we have respect for because it's just a human being i recognize that police officer that person just the way i would recognize my brother or my sister or my neighbor right. the office in which they stand for is what my rebellion is against my rebelliousness is against the office gives them a power that caused them to conduct themselves a certain way um if we have noticed that even in this era of cameras and phones and you know there's always everybody with videotaping still the abuse hasn't even slowed down they are they have body cams on them a camera in front of the of the, in front of the on the dashboard and still it happens you know why for some reason i'm led to believe that they feel protected in the area that they are that no matter what i am going to be protected i can do whatever i want to do still i can do whatever i want because i'm going to be protect i'm going to be protected it's going to take and you all is i felt threatened right. the end. Exactly. you can get a video of someone punching someone clear in their face repeatedly and they with every punch they're saying stop resisting meanwhile the person is probably already knocked out stop That's resisting right. stop resisting you can see a video of saying that yes you can see it you can see them punching like the one on the side of the road who straddled the black woman and was beating on her like he was beating a rabid animal mhm mhm and he said what he felt threatened That's right. And, and and we don't realize that every time it's the same line where why is it when the beating is going on we keep on hearing words like and which is the same is somebody going to pay attention to this calm down stop mm-hmm. resisting you know stop resisting why the repetitive shouting and screaming and the training to be loud the cop was possibly wasn't loud before but when it ever they're saying stop resisting do you notice that loud authoritative tone that they just raise and just escalate and climax to that drowns out even your little cries and your fears that you have going on there because that's supposed to give off the notion that you are in fact resisting and it's giving reasoning behind them beating you the way that they are. Let me tell you something. At the end of the day, Chris, God bless these people who want to go out there and earn their living and get their pension and do whatever they have to do for their family, but I don't respect what they have to do in order in order to earn it. Okay? I don't know of very many black people that purposely call the cops because they are really in dire need or help. I really don't know cops that feel I don't feel I don't know very many black people that feel comfortable calling the cops because it's a good chance that you can call the cops to help you and they think you're the perp. That's often, before... often. I and always tell it. people that they come in and to make an insurance claim. <laughs> wow. That's why listen, at the end of the day I feel and I've felt like this for years. I used to get very very angry over it. I used to have a lot of heated discussions as you can probably imagine, but I have and I probably always will notate the police as the biggest gang in American yes. history organized gang the biggest one of them all that's it that's bigger than the mob. Of a mob that's it right that's it and then you've got a lot of people that's- like i said they join this mob they join this gang 
They joined this organized crime situation because it's more than just beating people and getting away. There's money involved. There's drugs involved. There's things involved that they'd rather not make it to mainstream. But every now and then when you hear there was a bust at a precinct, no one's surprised because we know what's happening all along. It's just a matter of when are they going to catch them? Right. So yeah. at the end of the day, you know, bless them for whatever it is they're out there setting out to do. But that doesn't mean I have to respect them. So, I mean, you know, I don't hate them. But like I said to you, there's more of a threat to my life in their presence than the reciprocal. Yes. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. they're letting you know when they roll past you and look at you, how they look at you, like, I can kill you right now if I wanted to. It gives them a certain amount. I'm sorry to say, but I'm sure they get... If in- I, I cross a stoplight, sorry to cut you, but if I was to go across a stoplight illegally, I'm guaranteeing you there has never been a documented moment of somebody crossing a stoplight and possibly the cops lose their lives. Never. You, you understand? Never. Okay. But when I cross the stoplight and the cops approach me, there's a possibility of me losing my life. This is true. This is true. No, that's something to look at. You, you, you understand me? That is something to look at. And, um, and if you have to think like that as a black person, as a minority in this country, there is an obvious problem. There is, and there shouldn't be a reason why we walk with this amount of fear every single day. And now it's to the point where we're used to it. We're used to walking around with fear. So I have a question for you, Chris, so we can wrap up this segment. What do you think we can do going forward to teach the youth and the people who don't know how to handle situations like this? What can we do? to help them to understand what's going on. Because I think this conversation is very important so people can hear how we really feel. But we also need to learn how to coexist and how, I'm not saying to walk on eggshells, but you need to know what your rights are and you also need to know. I have an unorthodox answer to give you. Please. For generations now, we've been told to train and treat us, the people. The truth is that we don't need training. When a police officer, when someone joins a force, they're trained. We're not trained to be citizens. Hmm. There's no training to be a citizen. No training to be black. And there's no training to be black or to be Hispanic. Hmm. You understand me or any other ethnicity. Hmm. But there's training to be police officers. So therefore, it's not us to be trained anymore of how to deal with a police officer when he comes on. It's supposed to be the in reverse. It's supposed to be training the police officers to acknowledge that the citizens are important, acknowledge that their duty is to serve and to protect. They need to understand that when crossing up a line and as the constitution states, one is innocent until proven guilty. Stop giving your personal opinion on the street. If there's an infraction and you're, and you're dealing with it, you deal with it, bring it before the judge and let the judge deal with it. Because a lot of times you're bringing cases and to the officers who are listening. How many times have you brought in cases but yet you hear later on it was thrown out in court? Hello, after how much of this person's life they had to go through hell? have to go through so therefore you did something wrong at the first beginning 
This is true. This All right. is so you weird. And Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So it's of my opinion that we should change to, to, to we should change the narrative from teaching us how to behave because we have been behaving. We have been holding up our hands, hands up, still get shot. Mm. I see a guy in a wheelchair still get shot. Yes. Oh my gosh. You, 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 you understand me? So it 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 it, it doesn't matter. You know, uh, you, you pull over San, Sandra. You, you pull over Sandra on the corner of the street, she ends up dead. Because she was talking back and smoking a cigarette and the guy in the wheelchair, why did they shoot him? Because they thought he was going to run. I'm not laughing at this situation, but this is the kind of shit that they put up there as an explanation to kill somebody. Okay. So the training that we keep in mind, there's no training for citizens. Nope. If so be the case, all right then. Let's create then, which is just ridiculous, but let me go there in the, in the realms. Let's entertain for a second. Mm-hmm. Let us have some classes like a, where you have a five-hour class before you do your driving test. Mm-hmm. All right. So like where you have classes, a five-hour class, or a, a class, a defensive course to reduce insurance or penalties yes. on yes. Your, your yes. insurance. Let's have a citizen test then for people then so we have a license. <laughs> or a certificate. I, so when we go before the judge, there's we nothing can funny say, about that. I think you're so absolutely right. Say, right. So we can say to the judge, "Well, Your Honor, we weren't trained to deal with the police, so that is why the altercation went the way it did." What you're saying is facts, because if you're taking someone from rural Long Island or New Jersey or Connecticut or wherever, you're taking them out of their element where they're accustomed to a certain thing. And then you're throwing them into a situation where they have been taught and conditioned through television and God knows what, that you're dealing with animals and treat them as such. They're the ones that need training. And if they don't want to provide this training, put people with the likeness of the neighborhood and the community in the community to police them. That's it. And I think it should be the same thing with the public school system where why do you have people that don't look like these children teaching them? Why? I had a situation where I I substitute taught and I had teachers that were in there that were my same age at the time. And they were saying they couldn't handle the class. They couldn't handle the students. They were too intense. So you put their students that are quote unquote trouble people, AKA the brown and the black kids into my class. Now my class is overcrowded. The dean and them, they don't see anything wrong with it, but you're doing this to make things comfortable for this other person who is getting the same money as me, but they're getting a pass because they can't handle the students. It's ridiculous. So I'm going to just wrap up on this note right here. Chris, thank you so much for your input on this particular topic. I feel like we could have gone on for a straight hour about this alone. But... uh, I'm just from this alone, I can tell that you're going to be a repeat guest. This right here was very, very, very valuable. And I thank you for this, brother. So we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Hey. Chris, Chris, hey. All right. We're back with Chris. Thomas, a.k.a. the CEO. All right, we're over here touching on some very heavy, heavy topics here, but I'd like us to flip it around a little and let's lighten the mood. Chris, I have a very important question for you. You ready? 
here. Here with you. How were you ordained with the name the CEO? How did we get to CEO status, Mr. Thomas? Oh, wow. Oh, well, it's what it actually is. Be like some people with my me think it's just uh, in terms of finding an alias because we're in the music industry. But I'm actually the CEO um, of I Want Music. I have a recording label in Brooklyn, in the USA here. Um, I'm also the company before that Power Mix Records. And I have other businesses um, outside of music in which I am the CEO of those companies. Um, Copy that. I make sure to list those in the description for this show. So if anything gets lost in translation, don't worry, people. I'm going to list all his... Uh, websites and platforms so you can look in and you can find out exactly what's going on with Mr. Thomas. So please delve in a little, explain to us, let us know what's going on in the wonderful world of a CEO. Oh, a wonderful world. <laughs> uh, as if, <laughs> that, that is something I, you know, we strive and we strive to accomplish great things. And um, so we, we have to be in the grind to do so. You know, we, we, we get up, we have our goal in front of us and you, you, you make moves and recognizing that every move, every interview, every song produced, every song released is at a level to take you on the journey uh, for you to be rewarded at the end of your hard work. You know, based on your commitment. You know, it's, it's, it's tedious. I have the industry issues just the same um some people may think that it's all the glitz and glam because that's what we allow to be seen um to the public because i mean why do you want to show the bad part at all times right we got to do things for people to aspire to want to be or want to do as well you know you know it's funny that you brought that up because i think that's one of the main reasons why i wanted to have this discussion with you is because to me you're a bit of a hometown hero where these whether it be children or adults or someone whoever wants to follow their dreams, let's just use Brooklyn as an example. You sound like a familiar person from Brooklyn. You sound like a person who's gone through the regular day-to-day that the average person walking down Utica or the person heading to their job in Manhattan on that Q train. You sound like a person that they can relate to. And that's one of the main reasons why I wanted you to speak out. And the fact that you can be so well-versed and let people know different facets of your life whether it be the at-home rendition of you or who you how you are and how you have to handle yourself as a man in the street and dealing with the public and now the fact that you're able to touch on what it is you do for a living and how you live your life just the grand scheme of everything i just want people to hear that someone that you can relate to is a lot closer to you than you think that's right things can be attainable so Again, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. I'm not cutting it short. I just wanted to say that before I forgot. So thank you for the fact that you're so transparent in this very moment. I really appreciate this because people tend, all they can see a lot of the time is what they see on social media, is what they hear on the radio. They don't hear about the hard work part. And we've talked before. You and I have talked, of course, behind the scenes. I mean, I would like to call you my... You're my friend. 
So I know what it is when you hustle and you do what you, I hear the grind. I've heard you when you're busy doing what you're doing, uh, when you're going to whatever video shoots or what have you, I've heard the actual situations go down. So I know the hard work that it entails. So I just wanted to know if you can try to, let's just say there's someone out there aspiring to do their thing and they're doing a nine to five right now that they're unhappy with. Let's just say they're, they're true calling let's just say it's to do music in some way maybe to be a producer maybe to be an engineer maybe to be a a set designer for something like that you know because you you're you have your hands in a lot of different things i'm going to leave it up to you to explain what you do and how you do it but what kind of inspiration can you give to someone who wants to just go after their goal because i'm going to be honest and tell you me actually doing this show is one of the goals that i set for myself a long time ago so I feel good that I wanted to do and I'm doing it. So what kind of advice can you give someone who wants to do music like you do? Uh, there is a word um, that we take for, for granted that will sum up what is needed. And I do believe, and I'm going to say with the utmost confidence, um, that I know what I'm talking about. Yes, it sounds hockey, right? But that's why sometimes... Read that again? That um, I'm going to say something with the utmost confidence that I know for a fact works. Okay. All right. And I'm saying that with all the confidence ever, which is commitment. To be committed to what you do and what you love. It's, it's, hmm. it's, it's great. Um, I've worked in the corporate industry, um, banking institutions, a restaurant company. I was general manager for a company and all of that stuff. And when I decided to do music full time, full time, what I love, even on a bad day, I don't beat myself up because I'm still doing something that I love and I enjoy. And it is said that if you're earning and you're doing something that you truly do love and you're yes. earning a living from it, you've never worked a day in your life. You're blessed. It doesn't feel like work. Exactly. It doesn't feel like work. So what happened is that even as we spoke um, earlier, Janelle, is that right. you, you've, we've, we've connected 2 a.m. in the morning because I'm looking for a video spot, <laughs> you know, 2 a.m. in the morning and having run-ins with the cops because of the yes. car. And, and let's be clear, let's be clear, people who are listening, the fact that we connected at 2 a.m. was was simply off the fact that I saw his live button went off and I'm like, this is an odd hour for him to go live. That's not usually his style. Let me look and see what my friend is doing at this hour and come to find out he had his phone on live because they were stopped he and people were stopped by the police on the way to a video for him to case the joint pretty much for him to go and look at a vote uh it was a location you were going to go see beforehand right 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 i want to go and check it out one thing led to another and they were stopped by the police so luckily yeah. i was able to yeah, see the cops, the cops asked me the first question the cops asked me is whose car is this mm -mm -mm. <laughs> uh, and I'm looking there and I'm, I'm commenting on your live like what are they talking about whose car is that what is wrong with people right right so see we go back in the, and it's 2018 it happens still in 2018 somebody's pulling me over asking me something like they wouldn't, they're not even open to the fact that you can rent a car they're not open to the fact that you you borrowed your your brother's car these people need to understand 
listeners, my lovely listeners, the cop went as far as to ask where, what location, where did you get this from? And they had proof of why they had the car. So you should move on from that. It's not stolen. And then he put his foot in his mouth or not even put his foot in his mouth. He exposed it and said, well, yeah, we know it's not actually, you know, this particular situation because we ran the plate. So if you ran the plate and you have the information, what are we talking about? Why did you stop me? And they did it knowing that they they have a video on their car recording the whole thing. I'm recording it, but they still take their chances to mess around with you. And this is something that is never brought up in the court. And when people are talking, and uh, and to those out there, because we see it so many times on social media, that there's going to be that one idiot that says this. Come on, see that you know that you don't have anything to worry about. Just give them the information and keep going. Exactly. But you why? Know that idiot why? that always says that. As a person that is not out there making any trouble, that's what causes the issue right there. The fact that I feel like you have the nerve to stop me is going to make me get angry. How dare you stop me? I'm not this person. But that's what causes the anger. And they expect you to just be calm when the fact that they're stopping you in general is unwarranted. So they expect you not to even question them. You say to them, how dare you stop me? And they ask you, how dare you ask me why I'm stopping you? So then we have a problem because we're two alleged consulting adults. The problem is one has a gun, one doesn't. Well, it's assumed, <laughs> but uh, it's, 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 it's assumed. I would rather you rephrase that to one has the legal authority to take my life. You while see, uh, one, yeah, yeah, that's how I'm looking at it. Mr. The CEO, I was trying not to go along those lines, but you're no. absolutely we're gonna assume. I see where you're going, but we gotta be real. And if I we, hear you. If we're, going, if we're going to talk and keep some knowledge to the people out there, they need no, to I understand the truth. I just didn't want that kind of talk coupled up with your business. You know, I mean, we're talking about. Yes, I, 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 and I respect that, but I, I, I you know, I'm believing. I'm with it. I'm with you, Mr. Mr. Thomas. Right. I'm with you. See, <laughs> yeah. What happened is that the truth is we can also provoke situations. And you don't know what error or what frame of mind a person is. Okay, um, to the listeners out there, I would share with friends that even when I'm driving and I have the lights to go across an intersection, I slow down. People that's driving with me ask me, why you still do that? Do you have the light? Why don't you just, you know, street speed cross on the intersection? And this is my response to them. I've been in known situations that you don't know what is going on on the other side. There may be someone speeding down, chasing, running from a cop coming in and you think you have the right of way and you go and somebody runs right into you. As a driver, Janelle, you know. So you drive defensively regardless. If you're driving on the road, you're driving for the other guy in front and behind you. Exactly, exactly. You understand? Sometimes his light is saying going left and he's really going right. You got to be at a safe distance just in case he changes his mind. You understand? So what happened is that when the cops pull you over for stupidness and interfere with you, not knowing what you're going through, not knowing it can have a reverse effect in terms of the outcome tonight. Yes. It, it can, and, and that's a reality. And I, I understand where he was going in protecting us not going down a certain area, but there's some, some, some things that is called harsh reality. 
Oh, you're absolutely right. But I wasn't going to initiate that kind yeah. of conversation right. alongside your business. We're talking business right. here. And I don't want anything like that to be reflected with your job because you're not any kind of gangster music producer. Mm. You're not a gangster business owner. You are a business owner. You have a company and you have a brand and I won't initiate that. But if you're comfortable with it, I'm comfortable yes. with it. Yes. Well, I'm comfortable with saying and, and, and just so we just in case they don't take me out of context. Right. Oh, you never know who you're pulling over and what exactly. they're going through. So if exactly. you're going to pull over someone, have proper and reasonable cause that makes sense. Don't pull over someone to say, what type of, whose car is this? Because they're driving a sports car. Don't, don't, don't do that. You and know, a lot you know, of that, them, to be honest with you, a lot of them, it's a lot of envy with it too, because they'll roll up on you like, who the hell does this person think they are driving like this? Who exactly. And you know what I do as one of my side gigs with the kind exactly. of vehicle drive yes, and I've yes. issues like that but I think the 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 point that I'm a I don't know I think the fact that I'm a woman plays into the fact that I don't get harassed as much as a few counterparts that I know yes for the most yes. part I'll just get complimented I'll get complimented on the car and that's that but I know in the back of my mind with depending on the state that I'm in mm-hmm. they've already run the place yes Yes. Already one in certain instances, I may have someone else in my car, and they'll put one and one together, and they won't question me. But because of it, they'll look at you, and there's there's a bit of envy. There's a bit yes. of envy. Yes. You know, yes. I mean, I, at the end, of- go ahead. I'm sorry. I saw that with the officers in the, in the altercation. I, I saw was them. I saw their yeah. face. I saw they, the envy on the yeah. face who said you already ran your plates. So I'm like, so what the hell is the reason why they got you? I was talking so crazy. And then let the people know, Chris, once the cops left and I got on the phone with you, what were the first words out of my mouth? Is everybody okay? Yes. Is yes, everyone you. all right? And then They're I said, get your ass off the street. This is the time of night you want to go and look for somewhere? Take your ass inside. <laughs> And every and people, whoever's listening right now, everybody in his car started laughing the same way he just laughed. Because I'm yeah, I, had right. to, I had to give you guys the big mama speech. What are you doing yeah. outside of them hours? And 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 and, and no, to think be, if if I was to go with the speech, is that where what we are resorted to now? Are we really brought down now that we grown and we can't get up to go out there? Is that the society that we're in now? We can get up at two o'clock and go to McDonald's? No, you didn't have enough protection with you. You didn't have enough bodies. You didn't have enough witnesses to make sure. I'm sorry to say, but they move with protection. So do you. The same way they were able to call and get 20 people to come and back them up when they knew they were doing some They were doing some shit. I've been thinking, what would have been the outcome that night if I was by myself? I don't want to think about it. And that's what made me even more angry with you, Chris. And you heard you heard the fear in my voice. I was afraid yes, for you that. Yes, yes, I appreciate it. I, I saw that. I, I picked up on that. You know, when, when I decided to say I'm going on live, that they start to change the attitude. And they, they, they try to get off the phone. Am I being arrested? No. So why are you telling me to get off the phone? Because it's so, a, because you're recording you what I'm you know, are you you regulating now how I use my phone? Is that some you know, is that some new law now? Come on. If you're not talking to me right now and you're saying that you did all your checks or whatever, you can't tell me don't get on my phone, you know? And then all of a sudden then they start being nice. Of course. 
Because you, people know, his tone alone, Chris and his passengers were killing them with kindness. They really didn't have a reason to be assholes to you. They didn't. Yeah, right. So, I mean, at the end of the day, when they realized they were smiling for the camera, they got some act right in their system and they let you guys go. But there was really no reasoning behind them holding you there. That we, yes, because we wasted 40 minutes to an hour doing what? Damn if I know. And I caught the tail end of that. I didn't even know it was that yeah. long. I caught maybe 20 minutes of that. And I thought that was long. Right, right. Because we didn't start as it, I didn't start live immediately. But that being said, I'm saying though, there's something that we touched earlier that I would like this to, if it can go viral in terms of the concept. We the citizens are not to be trained. You know, we we are not trained. It is the, 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 the responsibility for the police department to retrain the officers for the areas and territory that they're going to work right? and that's true and le- before you wait hold your thought i just want the people to know the area that you got stopped in the reason why they stopped you is because they figured you weren't a good fit for that area that area you, that's true right that's they true. figured you were out of your bounds so when mm-hmm. i said to you get your ass back on the road and get back home to familiar territory i meant it because you were out in the sticks. Remember, you went to go and film a video for the next morning. So you were out there and wherever the hell the Fresh Air Foundation sends you when you want to see some trees and some houses, mm. bring your ass back to where you are familiar. But that's a whole nother show. But just so they sure. know, you weren't anywhere that was sketchy. They thought you didn't fit in where you were. Mm-hmm. And, and which that's is the why op- they asked the question. Hello. Mm-hmm. See? Why is it okay for you to stop me because you think I don't belong here, but I can't question the fact that you're policing my neighborhood and you don't belong here? That's right. That's a whole nother so, show in it. Okay. You don't even, as I said, I said earlier, you didn't, you don't even understand when we talk to each other because then you put into a report, you were screaming and shouting at me. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> you put that in a report and it was, and then I have to be in, in court saying, no, your honor, we were there talking in our dialect with each other how would he know what i'm saying hmm. you know you know and they have to go through that for cases to either be get dismissed i've been in cases where the judge listened to me understood everything seemed well and right i felt like in the case i'm winning the case and then the judge just says no they gave it to the police of course yes yeah, that, that that's it but how does that make you feel about your next run in with the police officer? That next one may be a good one, but you're going to treat them as though they're like the last one who was a scumbag to you. That's that's right. The, the, the benefit that I got out of it is when the judge asks of me if I have anything to say before he gives me the verdict of the, of the situation. And I said, as long as this is being documented, because this is a case that is in a, in, in a court in America, so it will be documented. So the more people that is able to stand up and come before, even though you're going to throw out this case as if it's nothing, but they will accumulate showing this officer to be a problem. And that is enough for me. I'm making this journey. I didn't expect you to say, I mean, it would be great if you all said, okay, he's guilty and all of that stuff. And, you know, but if I don't get it, at least it's documented. You know what I'm saying? This officer is a problem, right? And mm. I hope that his, super, his uh, superiors are able to look into it and look into it. He needs help. 
I got the opportunity to stare at him in the face and to say that. And guess what, guys? He couldn't say nothing. What are you going to do? Attack me on the street? That's You're going right. to show the them street. what you <laughs> Right. Uh, I said all that I, would, I just said, if I had said this to him, would have been slapped around already. You know what I'm saying? And you never know how these things can turn around. Remember, we're from countries where we have political violence and so on. You don't know who. Don't assume that we don't know certain type of lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? That's so, right. You know, it I'm can sure. get bad. This is true. And then you have people who come from countries where they're held at a certain esteem and a certain respect. And here they come to America and they're getting dealt with like their children. Children exactly. who are helping. And you're telling exactly. a man Let's just say you held a, a big position in your country. Let's just say you came through and you were a, you were a doctor in your country. You were a big police chief in your country. You transition here to America where you're doing another job and you get stopped by the police who are doing the same job in this country that you did in your homeland and they're treating you like you're less than the trash. Yeah, How exactly. is that? Man? He's not going to take that well. Mm-hmm. He's a man first. But, you know, that's a whole nother show in itself there, Mr. CEO. But I uh, thank you for- it's great. It's great. Your forum that you're providing to reach the masses, as I said, to each one, teach one, and it's going to happen. I just wish you continued success on this, and it will happen. It will make sense oh, to those. Thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate it. I thank you so, so, so much. So we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to come back. I'm going to give you a chance to let the people know how they can reach you, how they can find you, and maybe they can work with you if they have... Uh, maybe some kind of musical talent or maybe in one of your other realms of CEO land, maybe you guys let's give people a chance to reach you. So we're going to just roll out of here and I'll be right back. Okay. Hey, hey. Hey, hello. All right, I'm here, I'm here. All right, Mr. Thomas, Mr. CEO. Please let the people know. Yeah, please let the people know what you have in store and how they can reach you. No, check this out. Just released a single, Mama Love, that we've been promoting, the team been promoting. I know you'll all love this song. Take the time how to go online and check this out. It's called Mama Love by Chris Thomas, the CEO. It's basically an all-download platforms and streaming platforms. So to those who don't buy the music, buy the music or have the time to figure out buying the music, don't worry. It will be on your Spotify. It's on your iArt. It's on your Pandora. <laughs> you just, just go out there. Chris Thomas, the CEO, there i don't care you see, you see, real quick chris you see my people this is the reason why i said i wanted to have chris the ceo thomas on this show because like i said he's relatable right people nobody else is going to give you that flat bush promotion like listen <laughs> if only you want to purchase the thing i have it here for free take the link <laughs> You know, <laughs> they're not going to give you that corner store promotion. That's right. That's right. So you go, you have no excuse, you know, um, just so you all know to, you know, I might be the first artist to ever tell you this, but just, just, just Googling me, just going on YouTube and listen, I get, I get paid too. 
it, so you helping me. I appreciate all of that. Don't worry. You know, j- just go out there, listen to a brother, support a brother's cause. You know what I'm saying? The song Mama Love, basically a song that is talking about the love of, you know, back home we say mama. But if you listen carefully, everybody's thinking that I'm actually act- talking about my mom. But in fact, I'm talking about my grandmother. Mm. Because um, what what people will draw attention to a single mother growing a child or, you know, when the father's not around or a single father growing a child as well, right? But a lot of, a lot of us have been brought up also where things are not too good with mommy and daddy. So what happens mm. is that we have to go to grandma's house, to nana's home or, you know, mama, as we say in the islands, you know, so... Um, it's actually a true story of my life, all right, and I, I'm pretty sure you guys will, will enjoy this. So, you know, go out and, and check out, check out the music, all right. Chris Thomas, the CEO, Mama Love. Fantastic, Chris. I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time oh, to sit you know No worries. Thank you for having this very, very, very well-rounded conversation with me i really appreciate you you're a person that i admire i would say from the hood because brooklyn's not i mean well brooklyn's not my hood but just in general you're speaking from a real person standpoint and i respect the fact that you were so very transparent with us you were very very honest and i hope that people appreciate you know the avenue and the angle that you're coming from and they'll support someone that they can relate to because your intentions are good. I know your intentions are good. You're of a good brother. Course. Of course. Of course. I, I wish better things for you than I do for myself. And you know that. That's just how I live. And I think that's the only way people can grow and be better is when you look out for your fellow, whoever they are. Whoever they are, you know, help them to get to wherever they need to go. Uh, help to uh, enhance what they probably don't see in themselves. And I see good things happening for you. And bless you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank bless you. Bless you. And Thank then, you so again. To, to the listeners out there, stay tuned uh, uh, to our podcast because, listen, it works. It makes sense. I love our voice. I love our strength. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love your passion, you know? And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conscious passion. It's a, it's a passion that lets you think after, like, you know, you know, you, you bring in awareness to what is happening out there. Why Thank you so much. Thing of what's going on out here. You're awesome, brother. And this will not be your last time here. I'm, I'm inviting right now. I'm, I'm, I'm releasing the invitation right now. Bless, bless. You're welcome back anytime. This is your podcast too. So whenever you want to promote anything, whenever you want to speak about anything, whenever you want to vent, I'm here for you, man. You let me know. We'll set the time, and the floor is all yours. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. Okay, one love, and to everyone out there, blessed, respect. Chris Thomas, the CEO, ladies and gentlemen. Special shout to Chris Thomas, the CEO. I appreciate the time you spent with me today, brother. And thank you for being so transparent with the audience. I appreciate you. Uh, people check the description I will have all his handles listed in the description for all his media platforms and what have you and plus Chris is just a cool ass guy just reach out to him you know let him know you heard about him right here on this podcast
podcast and he's a very down to earth individual. You know, maybe you guys can build. All right. Once again, thank you, Chris, the CEO. I appreciate you. So that's it, people. Till next time. Be positive like the blood type and remember that your time is your most valuable commodity. Don't waste it for everyone. Later, people.